All right, let's do it. It's the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I am Farzim Masugi, and thank you guys for downloading and listening to another episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Always greatly appreciated when you guys take the time to download and listen to the podcast, wherever the time may be, whatever you're doing, wherever it is. Always greatly appreciated. Be sure you guys share the podcast on social media if you like it. If you like what you're listening to, if you enjoy it, hey, let a friend know about it. Let them know on social media. Word of mouth always helps out the podcast. You guys can interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzimusugian. That is my Facebook Facebook page. Excuse me, give it a like. And you guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzim21 and email me as well, Farzim at Farzimusugian.com. Everyone's still exuberant from that big win last weekend. A lot to be excited about, understandably so. But you've got to also move on. You've got to move forward. In football, there's always that 24-hour rule that coaches give their players. You know, look, if you lose a game, you take the 24 hours, you sulk it in, you learn from it, you move on. If you win, enjoy it, celebrate, you move on. And the Chiefs have already moved on from that. And I think as fans, we got to have that mindset as well. Yes, it's a great win. It's a big win. But at the same time, you've got to remember that this is just a start. You've got to keep it rolling. So we'll talk about the Chiefs and just a great start to the season. I mean, look, it is just one, quote-unquote, one game. But you'd rather win than lose that, quote-unquote, one game. Correct? Of course. So you're going to take that win any, any way you can. Lots to talk about on this podcast. We'll talk about the Chiefs moving forward. Also, the loss of Eric Berry. How is that going to impact the team and, more specifically, the defense as a whole and the secondary? We'll get into that as well. Plus, we get into some Alex Smith talk here. Obviously, the best game he had with the Chiefs. And by the way, I am recording these uh, this podcast before Monday Night Football. And... Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt, they are leading week one. Technically, they're leading the the season in passing yards and rushing yards. If you had Alex Smith, and assuming this stands after the Monday Night Football games, if this stands and you knew that Alex Smith was going to lead the NFL in passing yards going into week two, you got to buy yourself a lottery ticket. You just do. You, you, You have to. I mean, how would you not? And as you guys can tell from my voice, have not fully recovered from that. I have not yelled at a TV as much as I have uh, for, for, from a Chiefs game in general. Um, so that was by far the most exciting football game I, I, I've seen as, as a Chiefs fan. So uh, it came with a price, but you gotta, you got to learn to limit yourself. So not enough to stop me from the podcast, though. Definitely not. Worst part about it is I do have to record my MMA podcast, The Cage Zone, and I was pretty excited Saturday night because one of my favorite fighters, Amanda Nunes, retained her title in a very, uh, very crazy rivalry matchup she had against Valentina Shevchenko. So if you're an MMA fan and you want to hear more about that, check it out on The Cage Zone podcast. Now, before we move forward, I just want to take this moment, of course, uh, Monday was September the 11th. It, it marks the 17-year anniversary of 9-11. And, you know, as, I mean, every every year, everyone always looks back and just talks about where they were, what they remember. 
whenever they heard the news and such. Of course, you know, I, being young, I, I was in school. I remember a kid had mentioned something that he saw his uh, his parents at the TV on, and they saw something about a, a plane crashing into a building, and I I didn't even know what to think at that point. And then they called us all to the auditorium, and uh, of course, everyone was shocked by it. You know, I went home after school that day and just learned more and more about it, and. Uh, just a very, uh, very scary day, uh, crazy scene, uh, you know, in our country. So, of course, to say you remember those who who fell uh, on that on that day on that morning, uh, in a couple of places in our country, and of course, you honor the uh, men and women who serve this great country and who have served this great country and who will serve this great country. Of course, you know they matter as well. So, uh, big thanks to all everyone who. What they do for this country, you know, whether you're in the military, you know, first responders. I mean, so many people that you've got to remember on this day. You know, of course, our military, I mean, they're they're making the biggest sacrifices. They're away from their families. They're overseas. And, you know, as well as, you know, police officers, firefighters, nurses, and first responders who are putting in countless hours and not making a lot of money as well in, in their in their lines of duties. So... The work that they do and some of those people that what they do to put their bodies on the line, especially on that day on 9-11-2001, definitely got to appreciate everyone who uh, does their service for our country and uh, everything they do to help to to, to truly help us be alive, to be able to allow us to live our normal lives. I do want to address one thing, and I thought about how I would address this on this podcast uh, because this this has generated a lot of discussion, and and look, we can't we can't dodge the topic per se. But uh, I, I've talked about this a lot lately because this has been a, a a big topic. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but on the Facebook page when I posted about this a couple of weeks ago, when uh, Marcus Peters started sitting for the anthem, it was the most it, it was the highest generated discussion on my Facebook page. So here's the deal. Listen, I know you guys don't like to hear about this. This is going to be the only time I will address this issue until something else happens that relates and impacts to to the team or the league in some way. So here it is. Obviously, everyone saw Marcus Peters, who sat down during the National Anthem on Thursday Night Football before the Chiefs defeated the Patriots. And of course, I mean, it took Twitter by storm. Everyone commented on it. Everyone talked about it. Look, I'm not going to repeat my opinion on that. In fact, I'm not even going to get political either. Uh, I've already discussed that. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, go check the archives uh, for this podcast. I mean, they're posted on there. Uh, Feel free to check it out. I'm not going to repeat anything that I have said before because I know you guys don't want to hear that topic, uh, especially the political side of it. What I will say is I do think it's I do think it's silly that because of what Colin Kaepernick did, because of the actions of a few other players here and there for wanting to protest and sit or kneel for the national anthem, that people are refusing to watch football. This would be like a person coming into Kansas City and they run into two KU fans who act like jerks. I mean, just because they had that running with KU fans should they act like that all of Kansas Jayhawks fans are jerks? I mean, same thing if, if they were two K-State fans or two Missouri Tigers fans. And I'm only using those college teams as an example because those are the three big local college teams. So, it, it, I mean, if you have a run-in with a, 
of a guy wearing a, a sports team's logo and you just have a very bad first impression of them. Do you do you assume that their entire fan base is like that? No. But look, there are always nutty, fan, nutty fans for every fan base. I mean, look, you got to Arrowhead. Do you really think you've got seventy to 80,000 rational, polite people? No. I mean, there are some crazy D-bags uh, who are in the stands who act like idiots, and you don't have a good impression of them. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of I'm a Chiefs fan, and I've been to Arrowhead several times. Not just even Arrowhead, just even outside of that. I mean, you'll, you'll run into someone with a Chiefs shirt, but they act like a... A crazy jerk, so you obviously have a negative opinion of them. My point here is, because you've got Kaepernick, or you had at least, he's not on a team anymore, Michael Bennett, uh, Marcus Peters now, uh, because you've had players who have protested during the anthem, there's this outrage that people are no longer going to watch the NFL, and and apparently that's why the ratings fell from last year. Um, uh, look, why are people letting the actions of a couple of people dictate what they do? Listen, again, I, I've said my opinion on this. I'm not going to repeat it. I even mentioned this on the Facebook page. I, I gave my opinion on there one more time. Why are we letting the actions of a couple of people dictate what we want to watch or not watch? And not only that, there have been worse things done by players in the NFL. I mean, the NFL is so notorious for players getting arrested. Yet, I mean, they just took a knee. Yes, sure, people may have their opinions if it's disrespectful. Some people don't mind it at all. They, they, they say, hey, they're ex- exercising their right for free speech. Okay, look, we can all have our opinions on that. But why are we letting what a few people are doing Dictate whether or not we were going to watch the game. What I'm trying to get at here is there are a few Chiefs fans who have been vocal about this and have said that they're no longer going to support the team. They're no longer going to attend Chiefs games or watch any more Chiefs games, which I I, I promise you that narrative changed about three to four hours later after the Chiefs put on a big spanking on the New England Patriots because people weren't talking about Marcus Peters. After the game, people were talking about that big win. And what? What another thing I'm trying to get at here is, listen, let's let's follow this closely. I'm not again not going to mention it here on the podcast. I'll get back to it maybe after the season. But if Marcus Peters has a good season and the Chiefs continue to go on a roll, this is not going to be a, an issue. This is not going to be a, a, a quote unquote controversial topic that's going to be brought up week by week. I guarantee you. And again, I, we can't really play this what-if game too much, but I promise you, if Kaepernick had a really great season and the 49ers won 10, 11, 12, 13 games, he would not be hated on as much. Winning cures everything. Look at Tyree Kill. Everybody was against Tyree Kill and, what he, and the Chiefs even for drafting him, bringing him to Kansas City. But look at the response now. I mean, people chanted Tyreek's name, his first name, right before he took a punt back for a touchdown against the Raiders on Thursday Night Football last season. Like, people have learned to love and accept Tyreek Hill. But for some reason, and again, I posted this both on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Farzee and on my personal page. 
Someone responded on my personal page, commented, and said they actually know somebody who apparently returned their season tickets. Now, I don't know if you can return season tickets. Last I checked, I've never been able to return a ticket uh, for a sporting event. I mean, once you buy them, you buy them. Maybe sold them? I don't know. I guess the point she tried to make is, is that person that she knew no longer has his season tickets. Are you really letting, like, is Marcus Peters sitting really like the breaking point, like the limit where you say, all right, I no longer support this team, even though this team had uh, Tyree Kill and they had uh, Mike Vick briefly as a coaching intern, which that set everybody off. So, I mean, listen, no one really ended up embracing Mike Vick. Again, he was just a brief coaching intern that people lost their minds over. But Tyree killed. Everyone's changed their mind on him. So, why is it that someone sitting for a national anthem? And again, you can have your opinion on that. But again, why is it that one person does something that you disagree with will dictate if you're going to watch football ever again? I mean, this is what's so confusing to me. Like, really? I mean, look. Okay. Again, like I said, you will have your opinion, but why are you letting that dictate if you're going to watch football? That's the thing that I'm flabbergasted about. And look, you have the right to not watch if you want. Here's my message to you people who, to the five or six, okay, fine, maybe seven or eight people who are pretending to be outraged about this. When and if the Chiefs go very far, and if they're fortunate enough to go to the Super Bowl and win, don't celebrate. Don't watch. I mean, honestly, if you are going to be that fan that is pissed off because a couple of NFL players are kneeling for the anthem or sitting, but you're not outraged over what some of these players have done to get arrested for in the past, then you need to reevaluate your thought process on on things in life. I, I just don't, I can't comprehend how people can be angry for for this protest, but they don't have the same outrage for the crimes that some of these players act. And again, I'm not saying you have to be angry at Tyree Kill still. I mean, look, we like I said, we've all learned to love and embrace him, but... What's our what's our priority level here in life? Like like what are the things that we get angry about and the things we don't get angry about? Just gonna throw that out there. I have no idea how to transition from that crazy topic. Moving on, but we're just gonna do it. We're we're just gonna move forward like that. Uh, listen, obviously the Chiefs had a big win, and uh, look, you've got to move on too. This is a big win. I know Chiefs fans are gonna be talking about this really up until. It's time to play the Eagles this Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium for the home opener. And I get it. It's a, it's a surreal moment. Kansas City did the unthinkable and pulled off one of the biggest upsets, maybe the biggest upset to start an NFL season. Because the narrative was either it's going to be a one-sided game or the Chiefs are going to have a shot. They're going to make it close. According to NFL Pick Watch, only three experts Pick the Chiefs to win. And one of them was former Chiefs offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz of SB Nation. There's a lot of media elsewhere as well. 
and look, I'm not I'm not bagging on people for their predictions. I, I've been wrong on predictions many times. People get too fed up with that. I think what bothers me so much is uh, just the fact that people thought that this was going to be a one-sided game and that the Chiefs did not have a shot at all. And when you look at the score, uh, it was more than a one-possession game. Everyone just kind of stood and said, whoa, what the hell? Now, of course, the people who are going to defend the Patriots, I mean, the narrative was, oh, it's just one game, but trust me, if Patri- if the Patriots dominated that game, I mean, New England would be celebrating, of course. And you know what's so crazy, and it's funny, I mentioned, um, one of our listeners mentioned to me that he lives in the Boston area and that he heard, he listened to talk radio about how they were just laughing at the Chiefs. I reached out to him. Uh, after the game, I said, which which station, the fan or WEEI, the two sports stations in uh, Boston? I mean, wh- which station can I hear the most complaining and crying in? Uh, he told me the fan. So I listened to the fan, uh, and I listened for a couple of hours, heard a different host. Uh, a couple of them made no excuses and said, look, this was, there was, this was a very embarrassing loss. A couple of them just made the excuse that it was just one game and that you can't really... Uh, be down about it. So look, of course they're sugarcoating it, saying it's just one game. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. One game in football is not the same as one game in baseball or basketball. In baseball, if you lose, you lose one of 162. If you lose one game in basketball, you lose one of 82. If you lose two, three games in a row in basketball or baseball, it's not the end of the world. But if you lose three in a row in the NFL, or I mean just football in general, because football generally is just a very short sport, that can really be the difference maker in making the postseason or not. And I think that's why I hated the college football system for a very long time, because losing one game was enough to prevent you from reaching the national championship game, whereas now you have a playoff system. Hopefully they can expand that. In, in the near future, but it's not as flawed anymore because now there are there is a four four man tournament, a fourteen tournament to figure out who should be in the championship game. Here's the thing with baseball: baseball starts in what late March, early April, maybe the second week of April. So you have April, you have May. Count along with me. You have April one month, May, June, July, August. September, and then maybe the first week of October, the first couple of days of October. And I'm just talking the regular season. You have six months of baseball. The NBA, incredibly long season, even the postseason. I know I'm talking just the regular season, but they can start at what? November? So November, December, January, February, March, April. So, uh, I mean, what? Early April, I mean, the season is over with, and then the postseason gets underway. And it's a long postseason in the NBA. So you've got nearly six months of NBA action. And the NFL, the season starts on Labor Day weekend. Sometimes the weekend after Labor Day weekend. But you get it. It's in September. you got September, October, November, and December. And then maybe the first week of January for the regular season. You only have four months in, in of, of football. And college football, it's a lot shorter. You've got the end of August, you got September, October, and then the end of November. I mean, you've got just a little less than four months of action in, in college football. So listen, the, the game of football, people say, again, it's just one game. One game is a lot. 
in football. The Chiefs are already 6% through their... Everyone's already 6% into the season. By the time week two is over, everyone's 12.5% into the season. I know it sounds like crazy numbers, I mean, but, but that's one-eighth of the season. So, 16 games... Listen, 16 games is not a lot. It's really not. You have very few chances to get into the playoffs. Out of these 16, nowadays in the NFL, you've got to win 10. Maybe every now and then you see a team that can win with 9, 8, or 7, but those are very rare. It doesn't happen as often. Maybe once every 3 to 4 years you see that. So for the Chiefs, look, they got that big win in week 1. You'd rather win than lose. And the Chiefs won. So they're going to move on with it. Patriots fans who are making the excuse, I mean, they're just they're just upset about it. It's funny seeing some of the reactions. Some Patriots fans are saying it's just one game. Others are already off the bandwagon and humiliated by this. And of course, I proved to you last podcast just how horrible Patriots fans are. And if you haven't heard it, go check it out. There's valid proof. Patriots fans proved they are the worst fans in the NFL. Absolutely the worst. And I do want to add one thing. When I was listening to the Boston Sports Talk Radio, uh, and again, I don't know the names of the people from the station of the fan, but somebody mentioned, and a lot of people mentioned this as well, but this was the first time I heard it. The last time people can remember seeing the Patriots just get killed like this in a game, it was Kansas City on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. I think a lot of people would have said that Atlanta game in the Super Bowl, but the Patriots came back to win that game. They were only beat up for two and a half quarters. And I don't know what it is, but the Kansas City Chiefs really do have a thing for beating Super Bowl teams. The Kansas City Chiefs on social media posted that in their last nine meetings, the Chiefs have defeated four teams that went to the Super Bowl. The Broncos twice. They beat the Panthers uh, from uh, Super Bowl 50. They beat the Falcons that eventually reached the Super Bowl. And then they dominated the the Patriots that have won two of the last three Super Bowls. So Kansas City has a thing for beating the best teams in the regular season. But they haven't been able to translate that success into the postseason. And again, look, these regular season stuff are nice. But you've got to find a way to get things going in the the postseason. I think that's been the, the thing that I've been critical of the most is how this team shows up in the postseason. I know we get our hopes up. Last year was a big year because it was Kansas City's first home postseason game in six years, and people were really hoping to get that first postseason win at home since 94, the same year before that long drought started. So it's been it's been pretty tough as a Chiefs fan. You have all these nice regular season numbers that get you hyped up for the playoffs, but once you get to the playoffs... It ends up being disappointing. Look at the two times the Chiefs started 9-0. And how they fell in the postseason. In the wild card round against the, the Colts. That was a heartbreaker. And uh, playing uh, the Colts again uh, at home at Arrowhead that year. When Peyton Manning came to town. You had that game against the Steelers. In which... You lost to a a team that kicked only field goals. You scored two more touchdowns than they did, and you still lost. 
So Kansas City's had some very bad luck in the playoffs. And of course, you you, you go back, you know, with Lynn Elliott and, and several others. Uh, it, it, it's been pretty rough for Chiefs fans who have not been so fortunate. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs have been great in the regular season since the 90s. Kind of a, a, a bad drought between 2007 and 2012, but the Chiefs have been able to pick up from that and be one of the more competitive teams in the NFL. So this is not something that I'm ready to go into panic mode for. I mean, I mean, look, yeah, I'm excited they got a big win over the Patriots, but I'm also going to keep a level head and remember that, yes, you beat a team, but it's a regular season too, and there's still a long ways to go. I mean, look, if if you don't do anything about any injuries that could occur later on, in addition to Eric Berry, you've already lost Steven Nelson, who could come back. You don't have Spencer Ware. You're fine for now on that position, but of course, you want to see Kareem Hunt be able to prove that uh, level of success in a larger period of time. You want to hope for, for the best. You want to make sure that what you do in the regular season against teams like the Patriots, you can do throughout the season. I'm not saying go 16-0 or 19-0, which a lot of people predicted for the Patriots, which is quite funny that the Chiefs of all teams squashed that. But you want to make sure that uh, this, this kind of excitement occurs more in the in the postseason as well. So we'll see where the Chiefs go from here. Of course, they have a chance to prove that they can replicate that level of success and prove that it was not a fluke by all means when they play the Philadelphia Eagles later this week. And on Thursday, we will have the preview podcast. I'll break down the game between the Chiefs and the Eagles on there. Now, I did mention injuries. And with Eric Berry gone, I mean, where does this defense go moving forward? And I'll tell you why. Even though Eric Berry is a huge loss on this team, you should not worry. You you should still feel pretty good about this team, and more specifically the defense and the secondary moving forward. I'll tell you why. You've got Danny Sorensen coming in, who's probably going to be filling in a lot for Eric Berry. You've got Sorensen and Parker as your primary safeties now. And I think Ron Parker, a very underrated safety in the NFL. He at one point led the NFL in pass deflections last year. Uh, So you know he's going to deliver. The thing about this Chiefs team is, as long as they have their pass rushers, you know you got Justin Houston. You've got D Ford. You've got a very strong front seven with Chris Jones also in there as well. Allen Bailey too. Tom Bahali could be coming back after week six. So you've got a very powerful front seven, maybe the best in the NFL. And as long as you have that, I think this defense is going to be just fine. Because even though Eric Berry, he's already a great safety, he was even better because of the passers he had to play with. Now, when you look at what the what the Chiefs have defensively? No, I mean Eric Berry is a big loss, but you still got you still have Marcus Peters. Terrence Mitchell had a bad game against the Patriots, but generally, I mean, he's done very well for the Chiefs ever since he joined the team. So you know he's he's going to rebound and do better. And he he came up with a big deflection in the end too. We can't forget about that too. I mentioned that last podcast. So for the Chiefs, I think they're still going to be in good hands. Now listen, no one's going to be able to replace Eric Berry and perform at the same level as him. I'm not saying that at all. 
I mean, Eric Berry single-handedly won the Atlanta game and the Carolina game last year for the Chiefs. If it wasn't for him, you don't win those two games, and you don't even win the AFC West. And maybe there's a possibility that you could have missed the playoffs with a 10-win record. I still think you're going to be able to win football games. It's the safeties that you have aren't going to be able to come away and, and be a major impact as to why you're, you want a football game. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But I, you're just not going to find somebody that can really do the exact same things that Eric Berry's done. And even though Kareem Hunt and Alex Smith and Tyreek Hill had great games on the offensive side of the football, truly speaking, Eric Berry was the MVP of that game against the Patriots. I did not mention this, and I'll say it now. That fourth down stop in the first quarter that the Chiefs came up with, that was Eric Berry right there. Tom Brady and Gronkowski, hey, look, that is a hell of a QB tight end duo in the NFL. One that's nearly unstoppable. Eric Berry stopped Gronkowski. There was a defender that that got in with Gronkowski when he was trying to get that touchdown that got called back. Of course, they reviewed it, realized he dropped it. That's because of Eric Berry. I mean, Eric Berry really had his hand all over Gronkowski, not letting him do what he wanted to do. You, It's going to be really hard. And, you know, unfor- or fortunately, you don't play a team that has that Gronk type of player. I mean, the second best sign in is Travis Kelsey, and the only time you go against him is in practice. So hopefully the Chiefs aren't going to be able to have to face, or are going to be challenged to face a tight end that's of Gronk's level or Kelsey's level. Maybe someone comes on the rise. We'll see. But for now, you don't have that. I think the biggest passing threat you've got is Antonio Brown and, and Ben Roethlisberger. And I've said that many times. Right now with the Chiefs, with Eric Berry's loss, I think you, you're still fine with your defensive backs. As long as you have your pass rushers, that's going to be the most important thing. And I'm not saying I would rather, uh, you know, people have asked, you know, would you rather have lost the game and keep Eric Berry? No, not at all. You never, you never exchange a loss in the NFL. At the same time, you never want to lose players. I always said, you know, what? where's option C? Win the game and keep Eric Berry. That's, that's even more ideal. But uh, look, injuries are part of the sport. Look at the Cardinals. They just got a big blow. The Colts are without Andrew Luck, and it might be a very long season for Indianapolis, given how they looked in week one. I mean, there are teams that, I mean, the injury bug's already rolling around. There was never a good time for an injury. Maybe that loss to Ju- for the Patriots in Julian Edelman, maybe that's going to play a bigger impact than, than we thought. Who knows? Injuries suck, but they are part of the sport. And teams have to find a way to work around it. Just like how the Chiefs are going to try to find a way to work around Eric Berry's absence. And they've got the, the secondary that will help him out. Here's my biggest thing, my biggest case for you who, who might be still concerned. Keep in mind, these defensive backs, who's their head coach? Andy Reid. Players always reach their potential under Andy Reid. Who's the defensive coordinator? Bob Sutton. Who is the secondary coach? Who's the defensive backs coach? Former Chiefs Super Bowl champion and Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Thomas. You've got the right support staff. You've got the right coaching staff around you. This is not a team that's just going to lay over and hope for the best. They're going to work around it and make sure that they will deliver their best while filling in for Eric Berry. 
Again, you don't, you know, there's no no way in hell you replace Eric Berry, but you can still fill in for him. And there might be a couple of guys in rotation that try to uh, replace him. It might take a couple of guys to actually replace him in rotation for him. But the Chiefs will move on and move forward. They will be able to still win football games without him. And I'm not saying the Chiefs don't need Eric Berry, but let's not forget the year that the Chiefs had so many injuries in two, what year was it, 2011? The Chiefs were the first and only team in the regular season to hand the reigning Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers a loss. And that was in week 15. The same week, the Chiefs fired and changed their head coach and changed their quarterback. So again, I mean, it's uh, no one's invincible in this league. And for the Chiefs to beat the the Packers without Jamal Charles with their with their fourth quarterback of the season, without Tony Moiaki, who at the time was a big name, a big great piece for the Chiefs, they were able to do it. So it just proves to you that no one's ever invincible in this league, no matter. How lucky you've been with injuries or how much bad luck you've had with the injury bug. Final topic before I sign off here on the Chiefs on Podcast. Alex Smith. What a game for him. Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt. They're teammates, but they might be going head-to-head for Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, these two. I mean, who do you give it to? You might just give it to the guy that had the better story. And Kareem Hunt, in his NFL debut, doing what he did against the reigning Super Bowl champions on the road during their banner night. But man, this is not... I mean, you you look at Alex Smith and what he did in this football game. He only had two passes in his career of 75-plus yards. And he had two of those... In the game last week, and of all times that he did it, he did it against the Patriots on their crazy celebration night. I mean, here's the thing. People, when they predicted this game, everyone talked about how it's going to be a raucous crowd and that it's going to be their banner night. They're going to celebrate that fifth Super Bowl trophy. And that's going to play an impact in the excitement. So Alex Smith found a way to squash that and... Give Chiefs fans the better, more enjoyable night. And I think a lot of people are wondering too, I mean, where was this version of Alex Smith? Where where did it come from? And a lot of people are saying, well, look, Tyreek Hill did a good job helping out. Kareem Hunt also had a hand. And I'll say this. I think Pat Mahomes had the bigger hand in this. What I mean by that is, listen, Alex Smith's no dummy. Sure, he may not, he he still has a starting role, but at the end of the day, he knows that there's a reason why they drafted a quarterback. They didn't draft him just because, they, or, or let me rephrase, they did not trade up 13 spots for him just to get him. There's a reason for that. And look, I said last podcast, if Alex Smith plays like this throughout the season, then look, who cares if you're paying Pat Mahomes $4 million? If this translates into a Super Bowl, man, pay pay all your backups. Overpay all of them. If this is what leads you to a Super Bowl, great. At the end of the day, no one's going to care who's getting paid how much as long as you are winning. 
Now, at the same time, it is human nature to maybe, I mean, let's just put it this way. When Alex Smith heard and found out that the Chiefs drafted a quarterback, that lit a fire under his tail. He knew that if he did not perform very well this year, that his starting role could have gone away. And we saw a more aggressive Alex Smith in the preseason. Not that we ex- we still expected him to perform the way he did against the Patriots. Almost 400 yards, four touchdown passes. But man, this is what we want. And it, it like, listen, it is human nature to maybe want to do a little bit better when you find out that there could be someone behind you who could take your job. I mean, look. If if you're working, uh, if you're working for your business, your company, and they hire someone who is also very good at, and could p- potentially replace you, you're going to hustle and do a little better than normal because you know that if you don't do very well, if you don't live up to the standards, if you don't reach your goals at the workplace, that new guy could eventually replace you. But if you're playing, if you're performing well at your job. And doing better and showing improvement, then you're you're irreplaceable, and that's exactly what you see with Alex Smith right now. And Alex Smith does play like that. And look, you did it against the Patriots, the number one scoring defense in the NFL last year, and one of the best defenses in the league as well. They're reigning Super Bowl champions. You did it on their crazy Super Bowl celebration night, and their own home turf. Alex Smith proved that he can do this on a consistent basis. If he can do it against the Pats, I mean, is this the expectation now? We'll see what he does against the Eagles. Now you've got the home crowd behind you. So this is an opportunity to go out there and show yourself. Show that you can do this on a consistent basis. And I'm not saying you have to have 386 yards, four touchdowns, and the third highest uh, amount of completions in the NFL. But you want to be able to perform at a high level. Don't, don't commit turnovers on a consistent basis. And look, he'll commit some from time to time, but he's had the fewest in the NFL. And continue to go with the deep passes. Continue to air it out. Because And even though there was something that went incomplete, you still showed that aggressiveness. And you only place it only to where your receivers or tight ends could catch the passes. Never did I could I recall a moment where Alex Smith delivered the ball in a dangerous position in which it could have been intercepted. You never saw that with Alex Smith in this game against the Patriots. So I expect Alex Smith to continue to do well and perform at a high level. Moving on, and that's going to start this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk more about Alex Smith and just his his improvement. It's one game, but can we see that improvement continue on Later on, we'll talk more about that next podcast. I'll also talk a little bit more about the defense with Eric Berry's absence next podcast as well. I've got a stat for you that you will want to hear regarding Eric Berry and something related to this defense that could surprise you, kind of disappoint you as well. And it just goes with the fact that, hey, it's next man up and you've got to move on from it. But there is one specific nugget that is a little disappointing as a Chiefs fan. Kind of takes away a little bit of excitement because... Uh, because of his absence. So we'll get into that as well next podcast. Plus, we will preview the game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll also finish 
the podcast by going around the NFL out of bounds and throw my penalty flags. I was going to do it this podcast, but man, you guys can tell with the voice. I've got to keep it limited. Hopefully, I'll be better for Thursday's podcast. Again, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I'm Farzim Vasugian. Give my page a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Farzim Vasugian. Follow me on Twitter at Farzim21. You guys can also email me, Farzim at Farzim Subscribe to the podcast. Post it on social media. Let a friend know about it. Let everyone know about the Chiefs on podcast. Hey, hey, come on over. I mean, everyone's excited right now, so let's share this with as many people as we can. So let's keep the train rolling. Hopefully Kansas City can continue to add another win on the season. We'll talk more about that next podcast, and that'll be out this Thursday. Until then, enjoy your week. Take it easy.